Welcome to season two of My Favourite Item, unravelling Brisbane's history piece by piece. Brought to you by Brisbane's Living Heritage Network, a membership-based organisation promoting more than 80 heritage places and museums dedicated to sharing Brisbane's story. In each episode, join me as we step inside a different Brisbane-based cultural heritage collection to learn more about this city's rich and unique history. If you're a first-time listener, you may want to start back at season one, but each episode tells its own special story. Continuing with our legal theme, in our next episode of Season 2, I've been kindly joined by Queensland Police Museum curator Lisa Jones. Welcome to the program, Lisa. Thanks, Kirsten. The items you're going to talk about today are connected to a police officer, Constable John Patrick Carney. Before I arrived today, you shared with me his service history. He joined the police force as a 21-year-old. He was a former labourer. He was described as having grey eyes, brown hair, a fresh complexion, and was 1.82 metres tall. I feel like I'm writing his dating profile here. What stations did he work in around Brisbane? So he was originally transferred into Roma Street. Obviously, after you do your training up at Petrie Terrace, you normally come down to the Roma Street barracks. And he was in Brisbane for about five years. And then he went to Rosalie for just under four years. And then he went a long way away. He went 124 kilometres south of Charleville to Wyandra. And he was there for two and a half years. And then he came back to Brisbane before transferring to Vuval on the 28th of July, 1913, which turned out to be um, only about five months and 22 days before his tragic death on the 1st of January, 1914. How did Constable Carney lose his life? So at about 6.45 on the 18th of January, 1914, John Carney, along with a party of 14 others, left Ipswich in a motorboat or a pleasure boat for a day trip from the Bremer to its junction with the Brisbane River. At about 4pm, they started the return journey, but when the boat was within about 200 yards or about 180 metres from McCarthy's Rocks, it struck something and tipped alarming to one side. The passengers in their haste, sadly, all ran from one side of the boat to the other side of the boat and caused the vessel to capsize and throw everybody into the water. So 12 of the passengers managed to be rescued or to swim ashore, but John Carney, Joseph Green and Richard Evans lost their lives on that fateful day. It's understood that John Carney lost his life while he was trying to save Joseph Green and you would know how difficult it is, or possibly not know, how difficult it is to save someone who's drowning in that you normally die as well because they've dragged you under. So the Queensland Times on the 19th of January 1914 wrote, The late Constable Carney leaves a widow and five children to mourn their loss and a general sympathy will be felt for them. With this feeling will be intermingled at one of admiration for the constable's brave attempt to rescue one of the victims, all of who were eyewitnesses to the accident. Uh, felt that Constable Carney had the true spirit for a guardian of the peace, the desire to preserve human life, even at the sacrifice of his own. Quite sad. Yeah, definitely. Constable Carney came to the museum's attention when you were contacted by his family. Why did they contact you? So it's a long time ago now. So about July 2008, members of Carney's family, now remember he had five children, so there's lots of uh, relatives, requested that his name be added to the Queensland Police Memorial. So that's the memorial officers who have died whilst on duty from those who have been murdered or fallen off horses or drowned. In 2008, there was no proper mechanism for people who asked for a name to be added to the list, for that actually to occur quickly, it just didn't happen. So it took another two years for the family was told that the service would not add his name to the list because there was no official documentation about his death 
they needed something written by the inspector. They gave him a lovely framed edition of his service and a photograph and they handed that to the family and that's kind of where it sat. So the objects that we're talking about today were then, at the same time as that happened, were donated to the museum in July 2010. So did his family succeed in getting his name added to the Queensland Police Memorial? Yes, they were very patient. Uh, so his name was finally added to the Police Memorial in time for National Police Remembrance Day in September 2018. So the process to get him onto the memorial took about 10 years, but we got there in the end. So one of the things I really enjoy about working in museums is the research journey an item in a collection can take you on. Now we turn to one of the items themselves, a beautiful portrait of Constable Carney. He looks warm and friendly, quite handsome. He has a great moustache, which was probably pretty common back then. The portrait contains a further clue about who he was. What was this clue and what did you discover? So in the portrait, Carney is wearing a maroon coloured shirt with the letters WS emblazoned on the front. Now I got quite caught up trying to discover uh, what these letters meant because the other object we'll talk about shortly is an award. So that gave me a clue. So through a whole lot of newspaper research and some mad dashes over the John Oxley Library, I found that the letters uh, stood for the Western Suburbs Amateur Athletics Club. And so this consequently sent me down another rabbit hole, having never heard of the club or anything about the sports that were ran in Brisbane, and I wanted to know more about its history. What can you tell us about the WSAAC and Carney's connection with them? So the WSAAC, which is a bit easier to say than the whole name altogether, began as a club, I think about 1898, and John Carney quickly became a treasured member. He preferred the discus, the set weight, and hammer throws, which I guess is like the discus, but with a hammer. Uh, so in 1902, he threw the discus 110 feet 6 inches, which is something like 33.71 metres, to break the standing Australasian discus record. At the St Patrick's Day Sports in 1903, he made the same throw, but he threw it uh, 118 feet, which was 35.96 metres, and broke his own record. At the same event, he also placed second in the inaugural throwing the 56-pound weight, which, if you're wondering, is about 25.4 kilograms. It's an odd, odd weightage, <laughs> which uh, with a toss of 11 feet, 3.35 metres. The same year, uh, at the Ipswich Amateur Catholic Sports, he broke his discus record again with a throw that was a foot longer, or a foot and 10 inches longer, let's be true, um, which is 36.3 metres. So it goes on like this, he, he, may, he was very good at, at what he did. So during the 1905 athletic season, Carney held the position of the WSAAC vice-captain and secured seven firsts, two seconds and three thirds, as well as retaining his Australasian discus record. In 1908, at the Australian Championship Sports held in Hobart, Carney won the 16 pound or 7.26 kilogram hammer throw championship. He also held the club captaincy position. The WSAAC held a major athletic carnival every year, usually at the RNA, and also entered into events held by the Queensland Amateur Athletics Association. John Carney usually featured in at least one event per carnival and he proved to be a very versatile athlete. The uh, WSAAC were also responsible for the Ithaca Swimming Pool, which was a hole in the ground initially. Because he doesn't look like a very muscular man, does he? Like that portrait itself, he looks quite trim, quite athletic, yes. definitely quite fit, but not this massive muscular guy who was throwing... 30, 35 metre discuses. It's funny, if you look up online what, what they throw now, it's quite quite interesting to see what the um, what was happening, you know, back in, the, in 1903 to the 1910s as far as throwing. And I don't know that they really 
really heavy weights are big and bulky now, but I'm not sure that you needed to be yeah. in order to throw the discus or the hammer weight. We come to the second item and it's called a samovar. What on earth is a samovar and how did Carney win this award? So a samovar, it's quite a beautiful um, item. Uh, the name is Russian and really it's just a fancy portable urn uh, for boiling water. Sometimes you can actually boil a tea in it. It's got a little tap on the side. So you can put it in the middle of the table, have the heat underneath it and then pour your water out. Just a fancy urn. So in 1905, the WSAAC invited the Eastern Sydney Athletic Club to Brisbane. So they often invited them up and Brisbane went down. They had quite the interstate competition. On May 1906, the two teams met to contest the 10 challenges, including athletic, running and cycling, where points were allocated to the winners of each event. Newspaper reports of the time suggest that no trophies were awarded at the completion of the carnival, because normally they told you everything, those newspapers. 10 days after the contest, John Carney was given the silver samovar by local Brisbane jewellers and sporting enthusiasts, obviously. Swift and Grice for receiving the most points in a challenge contest. It doesn't tell me which challenge it was. This we assume means that Carney was well placed in every event, although we know that the Eastern Sydney Athletic Club actually won the competition outright. It's a lovely object. It does, it looks absolutely beautiful um, when you look at it. Finally, why did you select these two items? Well, firstly, um, they're on display and they have been on display for a while, so people can actually come and see them. Secondly, I got quite entwined in, I spent a week, I had to stop looking. <laughs> I spent a week trying to find information about Carney and then about the club. I do really enjoy the personal stories about things when the, you can find a whole full story about an object, about the individual and what they did as well as being a police officer, they were something else, uh, an athlete. You get that kind of complete picture about somebody they're more than just their job yeah so all my when you asked me about my favorite object I said I have a favorite theme of objects and they're all of them personal things so little silver tokens that the community is given a police officer or police officers are given other police officers to talk about how much they'll be missed or how good a police officer they were yeah I find those really interesting and those are the things I, I want to do research about obviously our collection is full of you know uniform and accoutrements and firearms and murder weapons and all sorts of other interesting things but those are those personal little stories that you get that really keep, keep me interested keep me going thank you for listening to my favorite item unraveling brisbane's history piece by piece lisa before we sign off i usually like to let our listeners know how they can visit your museum now i know at the moment everywhere is closed but when you reopen where is the queensland police museum located and what are your opening hours so we're on the ground floor of Queensland Police Headquarters at 200 Roma Street. So across the road from the Transit Centre, as it exists currently, which is also changing, we are open usually Monday to Thursday, 9 to 4, and then the last Sunday of the month between February and November, 10 to 3, and it's free. And you also have an excellent education program for school students, don't you? We do. So that education program is aimed at the middle to higher schools and normally has a forensic base to it, science base. We just launched our new augmented reality crime scene app, which is also kind of pointed at that, at that age group. But everyone's welcome and we do get also other groups in that we talk to. We do heritage talks. So how can people find your new app? So you can find our page on police.qld.gov.au slash museum and there's a whole page there on the app and the links to finding it on the Apple Play Store or the Google Play Store. 
uh, and links so that you can uh, download the markers, which is what you need for augmented reality, and you can print them out at home and you can have a go at solving that crime. The aim of that app is to see how, what sort of scenes of crime officer you would make. I can't wait to download it. Thank you for joining me today, Lisa. Oh, you're very welcome. My pleasure. You can find more about our organisation by visiting our website, which is blhn.org. And finally, did you like this podcast? Think about leaving a comment, subscribing or sharing it on your social media platforms. We'd love as many people as possible to learn more about Brisbane's history and the museums that tell these stories. What will be our next favourite item? Tune into the next episode to find out.